0: With the return of the NBA season coming fast, The Athletic has launched The Athletic NBA Show, a daily podcast combining some of your favorite basketball voices under one umbrella. David Aldridge, Ethan Strauss, Marcus Thompson, Zach Harper, Sam Amick, Wozni Lambre, Dave Dufour, along with a rotating cast of beat writers from around the league, and of course me, folks. You can catch me on Fridays on Nerd or She Wrote. We got the full spectrum NBA consumption, something for Everybody, every day features a new show covering everything from insider news to cultural issues and deep dives into in-game athletics produced by Jade Hoy. So before things tip off later this month, make sure you subscribe to The Athletics NBA Show. Available now wherever you go to get your podcasts. On today's episode of Brody and the Beard, Kelly and I are going to talk about Harden finally making it to the bubble, Russell Westbrook's imminent arrival, we're going to talk about Mike D'Antoni's Wrinkles in the Offense, and Kelly's talk with Michael Frazier about life in the bubble.
1: If the offense is triangular, it's something like a prism. Put you on that lockdown defense like a prison. Hakeem was the dream, the MVPs must be his children. They won 22 games in a row, that's a rhythm. Triple-double rust, man, I need you to
0: acknowledge. He don't do this for the optics, man, he do this for the Rockets. Welcome to a one, new one, episode of Brody and, and the Beard on, 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 the, on the, the Athletic team Podcast team. Network. I'm your host Moe Dekeel, and with me as always is my guy fresh off vacation so he's got a lot hey. of rest yes that's exactly what I want I want a lot of energy from my man, man I'm pepping my step I'm bad it's been a week has it been a week wow you're, you're too much I need you to dial it back now I need it I was asking for it <laughs> now I asked for too much I need you to dial it back that's my oh, guy man. Kelly Eco beat writer for the athletic covers the Houston Rockets Kelly how you doing man
1: I'm doing good refreshed it was a good week off Gotta recharge my batteries, and I'm ready for the home stretch.
0: Yeah, what's your uh, vacation like? What what what's, what did you do during the quarantine vacation time?
1: Uh, I went on a hike. You know, went to the the elements, got some good R and R in, caught up on some of my articles I've been reading, and just relax, man. I think I think the biggest thing for for me personally was just to recharge and and get and get kind of revved up for the season because it's gonna be a grind the last three months.
0: Yeah, buddy, better get ready, dude. It's time to get going. And another guy who looks ready, ready to roll in, is James Harden. He arrived in the bubble just this weekend. You know, we saw him on the Zoom press conferences trying to push everybody out today, (laughs) trying to get practice going. It felt like he had somewhere to go, Kelly.
1: He's kind of the guy who wants to get things going. He's anticipating the start of the scrimmages and everything. But, yeah, it's, it's good to see him finally in the bubble. You know, the whole talk was whether, you know, Harden and Russ were okay, how are they doing, and when they would get to the bubble, actually, so it's good to see him, you know, in there and practicing.
0: Yeah, and it's, you know, something that we're all kind of excited about, right? You want to see all the stars get in there. We're excited to finally have him here. There was, of course, a little bit of a uh, hiccup, you know. <laughs> uh, of a little. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, so obviously, if you're a Rockets fan, you know by now, he, uh, he came into the bubble wearing a mask that is often attributed to Blue Lives Matter. And that uh to t- let up a stir, don't you think, Kelly, on uh, on Twitter? Yeah, it was
1: more. Of, it was more of a stir. We saw even Trey Longs get on the action, you know, calling him a clown. And but honestly, he said it wasn't a political message. I didn't know that that image meant Blue Lives Matter, as did a lot of people. But some people did, and in fairness, they did get offended. And, but it was, and, it was a simple mistake. And, and, uh, James and, is not. He James Harden is not part of the Blue Lives Matter movement. He's like no
0: no n- not at all and you know I think his explanation for it was actually pretty fair He said look man it covers my beard and I thought it was pretty cool not knowing the the actual background of it so you know it, we can let that go folks you know it's it's one thing if he's doing that it's another thing if he's tweeting all sorts of crazy stuff but he's not even doing that he he, he just made a simple yeah he just made a simple mistake. Simple move on. Uh, I don't, none of us believes that's really who he is. We do have one other guy we've been waiting for, and we got news today that uh, Russell Westbrook's coming into the bubble. Yeah,
1: Mike D'Antoni said today he started off the uh, Zoom session by saying that Russ should be getting into Orlando today. So if you're listening to this, he should already be in the bubble. Um, he did say that he. He probably won't be good to go for Friday's scrimmage, the first one, just because of like, the simple timing issue and, and how he's doing. But ultimately, that decision is up to the medical team and how he's feeling. Um, we also heard from Daniel House and Austin Rivers just about how Russ, you know, because he, he honestly, he's the most intense guy on the team. The intensity of practices will naturally pick up just by him being there. And he's one of the guys for me who's instantly become popular if not the most popular guy on the team just because his attitude is infectious like you see he's able to impact everyone he's around and him coming into the bubble makes things easier a lot from the Rockets on both ends of the floor
0: yeah I mean it's important to get him in I think it's smart to not rush him to try to get him into the uh, scrimmage on Friday we should briefly just mention the Rockets have three scrimmages Friday against the Toronto Raptors Sunday against the Memphis Grizzlies and the 28th against boston before the whole restart gets going i don't think there's a reason to rush him this is one of those things again you got to take your time with guys and sort of work it out i don't think you uh you push the envelope here so the good news is he's in the bubble it's time to get him acclimated to the system he's obviously going to have to go through some quarantine before he can actually join the team and deal with that process but it's always good you just get your guys get everybody in the field and get them ready to go
1: I think for me, one thing I want to look at is if you compare it to the beginning of the season when he did come, you know, to the Rockets. He didn't have any offseason work done because of the surgery. Now he had to hit the ground running, you know, in October. I wonder if we'll see kind of a similar impact, you know, him having to have kind of no practice time before the scrimmages start. Or limited amount of practice time. I want. I want to see how he hits the ground running.
0: It's a little bit harder, I think, in this scenario, just because of the nature of having the four month layoff and everything. Like it's it's one of those things, and then just a sudden stop, and then to start back up right away. I think it's you know, I'm not going to expect too much right away. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a little more little more time. It might take him a couple of these regular season games to really get back in the flow. And that's for everybody, for all the guys in that regard. Before we move on, anything interesting in the Zooms from the players that you heard besides Harden trying to get everybody into the film room pretty quickly?
1: Yeah, I think it was something interesting from Austin Rivers um, talking about how almost 80% of their practices have been strictly scrimmages. And he says that the intensity is through the roof because everyone realizes you know, the urgency and what's at stake I thought that was interesting to see, you know, the guys' collective mindset coming back after four months. Um, But obviously there are things you can't do without, you know, your second best player being there. So if Mike wants to install different things in the offense or stuff like that, you need guys there um, to to carry that out. But I thought it was interesting to see, you know, just how much time is spent scrimmaging apart from film and, and going over defense, stuff like that.
0: I'm gonna ask you an unfair question because that's what I like to do to you from time to time. Do we know now with Westbrook in the bubble? Do we know if all the Rockets are are there now or the, the okay, players? Okay, no, no,
1: no. Um, the Rocket. Um, Luke and Bamute still isn't um on that time schedule yet. That's okay, the only, so the, that's the only
0: guy. That I know So of. right now we're still the, the Rockets are still waiting on Luke, which is kind of a big deal considering he hasn't been with them all season. So, you know, you want to try to get him in whenever safe and impossible, to to get him acclimated into everything that's going. But let's shift to the Mike D'Antoni portion of the show. You know, we've heard it said many times, you know, he's putting in new plays, he's, he's got new sets that he wants to throw at the guys and things like that. You know, for me, it was interesting because then in the press conferences, it's been it's gone from new sets to like, oh, I just got a few wrinkles. You, you, you know, for me, it's different. A, set, a new set is a whole different Offensive play, a wrinkle is like we run this all the time, but now you're going to set the screen on this guy instead of that guy. Uh, What are you hearing in terms of the the talk of the offense?
1: So I, I talked to a player that was in the film session and he said that the wrinkle or new set is more or less based off of what James and Russ already do but it's adding an added layer to it. So if you look at how they play, most of the time, the ball is in James and Russ's hands. But I think an added, I think this is interesting. I think an added set or a wrinkle could be, you know, more ball movement, you know, different actions to like a quick hitters. Because if you see how Mike D'Antoni has coached in the past, I think this bubble is going to show you Mike's old bag. In terms of pace and space, seven seconds or less, quick hitting actions, I think that's kind of the new wrinkle. So I think it might be new to them, but it's all to Mike, if that makes sense.
0: No, that makes that makes perfect sense, you know, because you're right. Like, a, everything we have heard is they have been talking about increasing the pace, playing more up-tempo, getting up and down the court a lot faster. You know, I think that's exactly plays right into the way DeAntoni has always wanted to play, you know, and his most successful teams were the seven or seconds, seven seconds or less Suns. That's a tough one to say pretty quickly. Uh, I think that's the, the whole challenge there. And I, again, it's not going to be new for him, but it is going to be new to these guys. It's not, you know, listen, Russ plays a thousand miles per hour, regardless. I don't think, I think it's still going to be, Russ is still going to be faster than the, <laughs> than even D'Antoni's used to. But I think, you know, the other guys have to get acclimated to it. And then the other thing, too. About this is, and this is a small concern of mine, is, you know, D'Antoni has to worry about the conditioning of these guys. And I think that's where earlier in the the quarantine and everything they were talking about, they're going to go to a nine-man rotation. I think where that's where a lot of that comes into play because you just don't want to tire these guys out too quickly.
1: I wonder how, you know, to your point, I wonder how much he's going to drill this new set, whatever you want to call it, into them, given that you don't really know how they're – being in the bubble for a week or something, you know kinda how their body is right now, but these practices aren't gonna be like the game speed at all. So, um it's I'm I'm interested to see how far he's willing to I guess hedge his bets in terms of putting that offense in. Cause ultimately at some point the Rockets are gonna do they're gonna revert back to their old ways, you know at some point in the game. It's just, it's inevitable.
0: That's true they are. I I don't think you're going (laughs) to... You can can increase all the ball movement for three quarters. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, for people (laughs) that that are expecting this Roddy da new offense, no, it's not going to be like that. The Rockets are going to do what they do 95% of the time. The only difference now becomes maybe when plays break down, maybe when guys' legs are getting pretty tired, if you need a stop, if you need something, then you might see some of the, the sets. I think his best actions that we've seen come out of timeouts. That's something that he's been known for his whole career, Mike D'Antoni. He's really creative in the in the, in the ATO bag. But as far as, like, ball movement stuff like that, I got to see it to believe it first.
0: Yeah, and it's hard to put these things in. It's hard to do it on just a regular season. Like, that's why you see teams with a new coach, you know, the full training camp and going into the season – you know, it takes a while it, 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 to find the rhythm and you're always just like next year they're going to be better when they have a f- better understanding of the offense and what the coach is trying to accomplish. And also the coach is going to have a better understanding of his roster having gone through a year. So it's tough to do it on the fly like they're doing here in this scenario with the bubble, with the practices. And I, I think also with how much you're going to stress guys in practices and how far you're going to push them and you know when are you going to dial it back and things like that so this is a tough scenario so i'm with you on this this isn't going to be like a revamped offense i think you know and and with it being wrinkles to me i think it's just going to be small tweaks here and there
1: yeah like i I think i think i want to ask you this though you as a as a film guy as a evaluator of on the court actions how would you break down their actions so far if if you could break down the rockets offense into let's say three or four components what are those three or four components and where is there room for an added you know wrinkle
0: well i think it's it, here's the thing it's very simple but it's also works so it's not a, a you know something that you have to really make it more complicated you know i think your best action is the hard and isolations right and you're going into that and that's You know, where when you get defenses shifting and sending two guys at him, I think that's why having Russell Westbrook at the wing, kind of almost like a uh, release valve. So when you come to double Harden, he's going to find Russ. And now Russ is going to attack defenses. And that's the second element of the offense in the second layer you know now he gets to attack going downhill you know it's a numbers advantage at that point because then it's you know four on three because you have two guys on Harden and one guy is going to begin to rotate back so you have that scenario going through and you have you know that's when you have Russ attacking the paint especially when those those teams that decide to put centers on Russ and hang back because then it just makes it an easier runway for him to attack you know and then of course the the third aspect of it in the in the whole thing and Probably the most important layer is the other guys hitting those threes, you know, the kickouts to threes. And it's not just Russ, it's, you know, hitting Eric Gordon and Eric Gordon attacking late and finding Tucker in the corner, finding Austin in the corner, finding Covington. You know, it's it's all of they haven't those been actions. that good.
1: because they, they haven't been that great of a three point shooting team this season. So
0: no, you know that's the fallacy about the Rockets to me is like everybody's like, oh, they're such a great three point shooting team. I said no, they're just such a high volume three point shooting team that you know when they. Their percentage isn't great, but they just make a lot, you know, and and because they've taken so many. I mean, we've had how many games have we had where they had like almost fifty attempts? <laughs> you know, you know, it's like okay, it's just a high volume situation. But those guys have to hit shots in the playoffs. And the other thing, another wrinkle I'd like to see a little bit more is. Russ cutting. When He's an Harden excellent has the ball.
1: cutter. I, I think, yeah. If you ever watch, they've done it maybe less than ten times this season. But there's there's a play that the Rockets have where Harden will have the ball on the wing, and Russ will just cut back door. Along right, the, baseline. the baseline yeah yeah and that's, and it's so effective but they don't do it enough I think they, that's kind of what Mike sees and he he wants to do more
0: of but yeah and I think you also have another guy that's pretty smart in cutting I think Covington's a pretty good cutter and, and has a good enough smart enough IQ I think Austin can do it I think you got a lot of guys that can play in that area and and I think that's an underdeveloped part of the offense that I think the Rockets can take advantage of even in this scenario where it's you know, you have a shortened time, but just explaining to guys, like, look, there are opportunities to cut. Go for it. Cut. Cut to the rim. Cut to the basket. Make it easier for, for Russ and make it easier for James to be able to find you. So I think there's – hopefully we're going to see more of that because I think that opens up the offense a lot more.
1: Yeah, and, and even though – I think that's one thing that players on the team should realize, that even though they do play a lot of isolation, there are opportunities for you to involve yourself. You know, cutting it, – it causes the defense to, to, to have to pay attention.
0: You, know, you got to react. They got to react.
1: Too often, if you go back and watch that Clippers game, no one was moving. The blowout lost. No one was moving. It was just James at the top of the key, Russ at the top of the key, and everyone was just stationary, and that's easy to defend. If you have guys causing different actions, off-ball actions, defense has to pay attention, and that opens up things for everyone else. So I think just having guys move is a huge part of what Mike should be able to do in Orlando.
0: Yeah, and I think that's just an important thing. I want to touch on one other thing before we go. You had a chance to talk to a friend of the show, Michael Frazier, about life in the bubble. You know, and I, I believe you have a piece coming out.
1: By the time you listen to this, the piece should already be out up on the Athletic Houston. But, yeah, I talked to Mike over the weekend just to kind of get a lay of the land on kind of what actually goes through a typical day. You know, these players' lives are pretty much structured out for the most part. They wake up, you know, they have... Options for food, you get a hot plate or a cold, cold plate of different kinds of, of foods for breakfast, and then you have your practice. They have a lot of downtime in between time. There's a lot of fishing. Fishing has become really popular in the bubble. There's golf. There's cornhole. I think what's called cornhole.
0: We covered this last time, Kelly. You should know the name by now. It's cornhole. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we covered this in the last. Cornhole,
1: podcast. Um There's <laughs> swimming, but I think one of the interesting parts of what he talked to me about was their actual practices and what goes on. They have two a days. The second practice is optional. It's more of a shoot around. But the first part, you know, they they go through a long film session. They're going over the new things they want to do in the offense like Mike talked about. Um, and then they get into the scrimmages and whatnot. There's a weight room that they've converted in the hotel. People come in, Jeff Green was there today. Chris Clemens was there today with um Daniel House. Uh just going through that every day. Players' lives are pretty, pretty structured now. So it was good to hear from him how they spend their time in quarantine.
0: Yeah, and folks, just make sure if you're not already, <coughs> subscribe to the Athletic. Go to theathletic.com/google for a 30-day free trial. This way, you can get all of Kelly's stuff. And I'm telling you, with the restart happening, you're gonna want to jump in on this. And and once you do that, when your trial runs out, you're gonna want to subscribe. I guarantee it. It's a great place. Great writers across the across the plane, across the whole. Uh, Site every sport, whatever you want, and you never gonna miss out on another Kelly Eco bomb. Kelly, anything else you want to touch on?
1: Uh, just be on the lookout for my uh defensive piece too. It's, it's cool this is the, the, the
0: defensive world. piece I've heard about for about six weeks, <laughs> 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 and you mentioned on it on it, the podcast nonstop. <laughs> I've been working on it, man. Right?
1: It means a lot to me. Yeah, then you took a vacation.
0: <laughs> hey. Well,
1: sorry. for That's Kelly.
0: <laughs> oh, you're sorry that you're not sorry? Is that is that what we're gonna do now? Yeah. I'm uh, back, man. I, yeah, man. Sometimes I wish you stayed on vacation. Okay. Uh for Kelly Eco, for our new producer, Mike Smeltz, for me, Modekeel. We out!